We should talk about art today. You think? I think we should talk about art every day because it's so important and they don't teach it in schools enough. Malarkey. Malarkey. I think we should talk about art today because we have guests that know some stuff about art. Hey, look, it's my parents and I'm not stealing their kitchen from them so they can actually go get their coffee whenever they want. People still talking about how much they love seeing you on the show, Mama and Papa Brogan. Oh, that was that was one of our most viewed shows. I know. Well, one of them. They're going to steal my job. Oh, my golly. (laughs) <laughs> so who do we have on the show today, Carrie? Artists talking about art. We have Mike Sorgatz, Janice McDonald, and Elizabeth Meggs. They started 2021, which is, which is their ages. Group No, which is a group show of artists. They came together during COVID and kept it going. It was a year and a half straight. They didn't miss even one week of getting these artists together to connect via Zoom every week. And they have a book and they have a group exhibit. We have lots to talk about. There's art. Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, welcoming you to The Backpack Show. Your hosts, Chris Brogan, Kerry Gargone, Boom Shakalaka. Backpack Show. Your parents do any art while you were there? Like, Oh, they're incredible artists. You know, my mom's a wire wrap jewelry artist from back yes, in the day. Yes, I have one of her pieces. There you go. And uh, my dad can do a reasonably competent stick figure. So, yeah. So we... Yeah, uh, but he- poker like nobody's business there you go he's art with cards you should see him whip a card it'll always he's so disappointed in me he's trying to teach me poker and i was like i don't i don't know Mm -hmm. terrible at this i i got a new lesson about a whole bunch of new kinds of games like high low poker and all that and you know what to what to bet on which and oh my gosh if you have suited if you have suited kings you get a really ease the pot out that's that's all i remember i'm sure he's like stick with the vanilla carry that's about what you're good at that's like when my mom took her driver's test and the guy said stick to a nice automatic <laughs> don't don't try over this dick note i'll pass oh you oh my gosh all right well let's grab everybody out here i'm gonna do my best this will be the worst transition ever but there's elizabeth there's mike and then janice hello oh, there we go he likes everybody in just the order they were in when we were backstage before the show. It's 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 my little OCD, and so I was like, "Where were they again?" I think Elizabeth was up top, just where you're supposed to be. Well, welcome, art people. Thank hey. you. Thanks. Good Thanks morning. for having us. Look, <laughs> art is supposed to be uh, a very solo thing, and you're supposed to be very sad and lonely and miserable and broke. Um, <laughs> what made you decide you were supposed to get together and be artists? <laughs> Well, I think we're two out of three of those things. I'll let you figure out which. Um, I actually started the call sort of in the early days of the pandemic. Um, It was when things were starting to shut down and it became apparent that we weren't all going to be back to our regular lives in like two or three weeks. So I started to come up with a plan like I'm going to go nuts if I'm sitting in my apartment alone and I'll drive Eleanor crazy. So. Uh, I just wanted to gather a group of friends together and just have a chance to meet and chat and hang out and, you know, kind of forget about all the madness that was going on around us. And it just started from there. How on earth did we forget to say that, by the way, our uh, past guest and friend, Eleanor Trobman, who's brought us two or three guests so far, uh, this is, uh, it's also married to Mike. So this is why we have the 2020-21 Eleanor Trobman of My Local Heroes. Yes who's delivered us many heroes. Um, So if this wasn't going on, Elizabeth, what would you be doing instead? Well, 
I, I live alone and I was totally isolated in my apartment when the pandemic hit. And it was such a relief to get an email from Mike. He was like, hey guys, how are you doing with the lockdown? Um, let's do, do you want to connect over Zoom? And I, it was like a lifeline to me. I just thought, yes, absolutely. And so, um, and a lot of us have known each other for years from shared art studio space. But um, I found it so helpful immediately to hear what other artists were going through. At first, a lot of us were just like, I can't make it work right now. I'm just like in shock and staring at my television set and trying to figure out what's happening, just trying to stay alive. Here in New York City, things became very scary at the beginning of the pandemic. So I think, you know, we were having trouble getting groceries or finding grocery delivery. We didn't want to open our doors. And so it was such a relief to see familiar faces on the computer screen. Um, it lifted my spirits instantly. I felt less scared. I felt like I'm not totally alone writing this out. So I have to thank Mike um, for getting in touch with all of us. Um, thank you, Mike. <laughs> Mike was getting lonely too, I bet. Everybody yeah, was. Getting... Remember, we're like, we're gonna lock down for a couple weeks. Okay, a couple yeah. more weeks. <laughs> Maybe just like four more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing is like the group just sort of grew from there. So we sort of had a core handful of people and then they're like, well, I'd like to invite this person. And so it was very much an open door policy. Like anyone was welcome and there was no real agenda. I mean, the whole point was just to be able to connect with each other. Yeah. So what did you, what'd you talk about? I mean, obviously like art, but I mean, what else did you talk about? Well, I mean, it wasn't like a like an art networking group, which some people thought it might be. Um, so we sort of self-selected out of that. But um, it was really about just connecting on a human everyday level. And of course, you know, we're all artists. We enjoy art. So that would come up in different ways. But it, it was more about just connection with each other. Janice, what's the difference? Like, <clears throat> when you get on these Zoom calls, no one wants a Zoom call anymore, by the way. We're all done. We're sick of them. But, you know, when this started, at least it must have felt good. What's the difference between a, one of these meetings compared to the rest of the week and what else you got to get done? I think, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit of accountability. You know, you, you know, it, you know, you talk to your friends about what you're going to do um, that week, if whether it was art related or when we really started getting into vaccines or just safety. And then it was like somebody to check back the next week. So you really, um, you, you had this, this point in the week that you, you wanted to get to so you can just sort of, you know, you know, share your life with someone or hear about, you know, someone you care about's life. And, um, and so, yeah, it was like a bright spot in the week. Did either or any of you change your medium because of this kind of a process? Because the one thing I, I was thinking about is if someone's working on things that take months and months and months to do, that might not necessarily be, you know, in, you know, good for these kinds of calls. Did anyone decide to make, to change their medium so they could bring stuff to it? Elizabeth. I definitely did. I had been working on a four foot oil painting over at the studio complex and it's a big space with a hundred art studios. And suddenly when everything became really scary, I didn't feel safe going over there. 
And so um, I abandoned that painting. I'm just getting back to it now, actually. And so I switched to watercolor on paper, small works at home, and then a lot of digital work. So the piece I did for the book is um, ultimately refined on my computer in Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. So, um, but that I think adaptability is something artists really have to have anyway through life. So adaptability helped in that case. Um, and I think it's, I'm trying to stay positive about it. Like, hey, I brushed up on some computer skills and watercolor. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> and now it's a, it's a Facebook group as well. So is this just for sharing each other's work, keeping each other updated? That was more for the show itself, that the, the exhibition we had, um, just so we could document it more. We, at, the gallery isn't open to the public. Um, we can invite people in, but we have to sort of, you know, monitor how many people come through. And so this was a way to sort of share it outside our little world. And we have um, a walkthrough of the show, a video on our Facebook page. So it was, it was just something that um, to share with other people, just to sort of acknowledge what we had put together. People already have a really tough time experiencing art. So, you know, a lot of people will go to a gallery. They won't know what to do. Right. So if, if you've ever seen someone dragged to a gallery, they're always like me. <laughs> you know, you don't. What do you do? So I wonder, was that even more exacerbated by the fact that this is pandemic times and some of these people just needed to do something? How did how did the attendance go? And like, what was that experience like with the attendees? For the Zoom or for the show? Both. But but for the show specifically, just because I was thinking about, you know, it might have in, in attracted people who weren't necessarily you know, of, of your of your world. Well, it, it really wasn't. We had a we had a reception um, that we invited all the artists within our bigger studio building and, you know, you know, our friends and family. Um, but we didn't did not have a lot of outside people. And so we didn't have the the person kind of coming in from the street just to cool off. It was, you know, just people that kind of knew what we were, what was going on um, here in the space. Um, for the Zoom, it was very, uh, it was very casual. As Mike mentioned, there was a core group and people would kind of drop in um, every now and then, and then people hit it every single week. So it really was up to what was going on in their lives. And, you know, with people with children, um, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't, define their own lives the, the kids did so yeah i'll say the um the whole project started as a call and then the the book and the show came out of us wanting to sort of commemorate our time together and uh so we were kicking around some ideas and came up with this idea of of having an artist book where everyone just contributes a piece to the book um and then janice submitted it to the gallery so that's how we sort of expanded the audience on that um but it all happened very organically so did the pandemic make people want to work or need to work more on their art or did some people find it kind of dried up their creative juice for a while I, I think at first people were struggling um but then then i found personally that it helped to really get into creative work like that would be the time when i felt happiest when i was focused on making a piece of artwork rather than everything else that I had no control over. <laughs> All this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think 
I think that um, also, uh, like Janice said, accountability, um, it helped to be in touch with people, you know, and actually be in a Zoom, you know, you should change out of your pajamas, at least on Wednesday. <laughs> when at least on top. <laughs> at least a shirt, you know. Um, and so I, I think, and we had a lot of fun too, just laughing. We joked about things. Um, we would do sort of social events. We had a holiday party. Um, I remember Mike had a bow tie on for that. So just trying to replace so much that we lost really too. And, and I think that is another thing. Most art galleries shut down, you know, here in New York, it's normally a very lively situation. There are art openings all the time and, and you connect, um, you do studio visits. And so everything just shut down. And I think um, just to be connected and, and sort of do something as a group, I do believe it helped a lot of us. I know one artist um, hadn't been able to make work for several years because of a studio displacement. And I think this group, um, he, he told us that it helped him just to connect and be part of this. And he made the first piece he'd made in five years. So I'm, I think overall it was incredibly positive for all of us. So I think make deadlines, deadlines help. They, well, they don't love deadlines. They need deadlines. <laughs> you know, and they were all self-imposed. And you know, for the book especially, Mike, Mike kept giving people a little more time, and then finally, he was just like laying down the law. <laughs> so I think making a living as an artist is not known to be easy. It couldn't have gotten easier during the pandemic. So how did each of you manage to get through that? Like, and have your creative work and you know your basic life needs met i think just hustling like we always have to but in different ways adaptability um uh just another thing i've noticed is in art you don't have to wait for the opportunity you make the opportunity and i think that's exactly what we did here we all made the work then we mike did a great job designing the book um so that that self-initiative the self-initiated project i think is key you know it's we're lucky as artists you know if you're something like an actor or you're in a symphony orchestra you need that institution you need the stage you need the audience but artists can kind of work on their own so even if you don't have a gig or a gallery exhibit waiting you can get to work and even if you're just like stockpiling work or developing work um, there is that self-initiated aspect to it. So, and, and I'm really proud of the group that we pulled this together. So it, it helped everyone, I think. Um, yeah. yeah having, a, having a group show with 18 artists is insane. I mean, usually <laughs> yeah. it's like a handful of artists, like three or five, trying to get, it's like herding cats, you know, 18 <laughs> artists to get all their artwork together at the same time in the same place. It's it's a lot of work. Uh, Janice was a curator on that, did a fantastic show, did a fantastic job on the show. You can see on the YouTube, there's a video that goes around there. It was uh, it was a tremendous effort. But it's I almost think, as hard yeah. as getting the authors together, Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> I think herding cats is actually easier than herding artists, but um, I love- no, that's I love, simple. Open a can of tuna and put it down. Yeah. Well, it's not that far from artists, it's just- <laughs> A bottle of wine instead and you're good yes yes <laughs> i think it's a miracle really that everyone got along as well as we did so i predict future projects i would love to i'm like we should open and start a 
something, a publishing house or something. <laughs> Yeah. Well, everyone, yeah, everyone sort of pitched in with their talents. We had uh, Ward Yoshimoto as a photographer. He took pictures of everyone's work. Um, I mean, it was just amazing. It was a real group effort. We had a big PR machine going on there to get in touch with different people. And, you know, we had an installation group. Um, it, yeah, it was our, our, um, our artists talk group, they, they orchestrated everything tech tech wise and, um, and you know, making sure it all flowed. It was really interesting. So many, you know, you talk about um, like we have so many other skills than just being artists. We, you know, we have you know day jobs and you know professional photographers and uh, designers and video people and copywriters. And it was just amazing. We we got to see a little bit of everyone else's little like skill set and, and and utilize it. And it was it was pretty cool. I have one question, then we're going to run to ads. Uh, the question I was thinking about was, so this is work done during a pandemic, but this n none of it that I saw immediately off the top was purely pandemic art, and I didn't go through every single piece. Um, is there work that's going to come out of this for any of you or all of you that's going to you know, be your reaction to the pandemic? Some of the people did actually pretty directly address the pandemic. Uh, Spencer Marola, she has, it looks like a, a necklace of forget-me-nots. They're actually made with face masks, surgical masks. It looks like this very delicate chain of flowers, but as you look closer, there you go. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's yeah. a little more subtle in, in some of them. but mm. To me, it takes a little while longer to process, like to, to do that kind of art in the medium you know, like in the middle of it all in media res, as they say, that might be a little tough. What's your thought on that? Is there like a timeline to when you're going to be able to do it? I mean, personally, I find stuff popping up in my art from years ago all the time. So I'm sure it's, it's probably marked us in ways that we don't even comprehend yet. <laughs> Doomed to appear. All right, listen, I need to put you all backstage for just like 60 seconds, maybe a tiny bit more. Boop, boop, and Janice. Boop. boop. Okay. I probably can't do that twice in a row. I was so good the first time, but we'll try it. All right. Let me read some ads, everybody. Hey, <laughs> you want to run your own cool video show? Seabrogan.me slash StreamYard. It is the best software to do that kind of a thing. Get your own artist collective. Damn straight. <laughs> hey, do you like our voices but not our faces? You can listen to our podcast anywhere there's a podcast. Uh, that's because we use castos.com to be our podcast host. They put peas in your podcast. <clears throat> hey, um, where am I? Hey, oh, hey. hey. do you ever want a dot online domain? You could have one for 2020, 21. Uh, just go to cbrogan.me slash online and use the code Chris in all caps. All caps. $1 for a year for that domain. Isn't that a swell deal? Mm. <laughs> hey, if you want to compare that deal with other deals, you could go to presearch.com. Stick it to the man. Don't use Google for your search engine. Use presearch.com. It's the best. Uh, presearch.com allows you to do a bunch of things, including uh, you can actually, instead of uh, people paying money for ads on there, you use your cryptocurrency part of their platform to stake or, or own out. So if you want, you know, artists, if you Google artists and it lands on your site, so you go to presearch, you go to presearch.com, you can have it go right to your website. It's pretty cool. And 
we have one new uh, sponsor for the week. We have my friend, Mitch Jackson. Mitch Jackson is California's number one leading trial attorney. He's also Mr. Social Media himself. Streaminglawyer.com is one of his several projects. He has a mastermind group. He has all kinds of other things on the go. Mitch said, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to sponsor my buddy Chris Brogan's show. And so here we are. So streaminglawyer.com. Mitch Jackson is almost at every single conference where you can see people talking about things like social media and clubhouse and all that sort of a thing. Streaming law is more fun than it sounds, I promise. There you go. And he has his legal minds mastermind. So thanks, Mitch Jackson. (laughs) As somebody who has to talk about law and has to make it fun and know it's possible. That's right. So I got myself an Elizabeth, a Mike, and a Janice, and I did it again. So welcome back. All in the right order. I feel like a magic show. I feel like the worst David Blaine ever. (laughs) Look what I've created. The very same thing. (laughs) You say that we found out um, during our Zoom talks that one of the artist's father is a magician. We found out a lot of things about each other through the year of talking. You know, one night she was like, by the way, my dad's a magician. Um, That's Elise Putnam. And she um, described that. And we were all like, wait, we didn't know. You had never mentioned that. So all kinds of things came out through the year. (laughs) Trying to think, do we have any deep, dark secrets that anyone revealed? Well, I want to piggyback off that because Elise actually came up with our our title. Um, And to your earlier question, Chris, the 2020-21 is not, is not just the pandemic. It's just that, that whole year and, and two year, year and a half span of, you know, just a, a, an election that just is coming at us all the time. Um, the just social um, justice uh, protests. I mean, this is just was all swirling around us while the pandemic was happening. So some of the people are, are, are responding to different parts of those sort of you know, uh, troubling times, I guess. I'd almost forgotten about that stuff. I know. <laughs> there there was some election? Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth wrote this wonderful intro to the, the book that's that when we read it, it was, it was, well, first it was, it was, um, you know, Tear, tearing, tearing me up, um, but it really just sort of, you know, covered that whole arc, and we're like, oh yeah, that happened, and it's just, you know, you forget because you move on. We're human beings. We're, we're we're built to survive. Yeah, you have to forget some of that stuff, or you like never do it again. Like having yeah. kids, you have one, you got to forget how awful like the experience <laughs> of having a kid is until like birthing a kid, till the next time <laughs> when it's too late to turn back. That's what you do. Vincent piece um i don't know if you all can see it he responded directly to um january 6th so his is a direct direct thing it's a an ink drawing of um people running waving flags it's sort of sound and fury signifying nothing in this big big crowd of people so some work really specifically addresses what we were experiencing um how diverse is the group Pardon? How diverse is the group? You must have had a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different creative expression and just a lot of different emotions in that mix. Yeah, I mean, we're a pretty broad age range. Um, I mean, we all are centered in New York mostly, so it's kind of, I guess, probably a little bit more cohesive in that way. But yeah, it's it's fairly diverse group of people. 
Yeah, our ages ranged, ranged from the 30s up to the late 70s, which I think is wonderful that we um, strengthened those ties. Yeah, very diverse. Um, I don't know that we were politi really politically diverse. We didn't really get into that. If someone That'd be tough because you're yeah. choosing who you want to spend time with in a pandemic on Zoom. And it's, you know, <laughs> that's tough. I get it. You mm -hmm. <laughs> do. So is there another book in this? Can we expect another show, more like future collaborations? I know, I, as uh, you know, as we mentioned before, I mean, it was such an amazing effort with everyone, you know, all hands on deck. Um, it felt like at the time it was kind of exhausting and exhilarating, but it was like, you know, I guess we could do anything. There's such a deep skill set here. Um, um, I'm, I actually have been trying to get their group to do synchronized roller skating. I <laughs> get people to come, but I don't think I don't know that that will pan out. I'm still. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> would love to see that. <laughs> that doesn't get on YouTube. I oh, I hope everyone walks away, and maybe it's not our whole entire group, but that I mean, I think a lot of a lot of artists in you know in the bigger art community they want a community and i think it's really easy to do that hi dean <laughs> Sorry, christopher's fighting with me for the buttons that's usually carrie's button and i i touched it <laughs> he hired he hired me to do one job i was <laughs> i was buttons. marveling at the absolute <laughs> lack of comments coming in and uh, you know dean had one and i was like i have to touch this button <laughs> stop it Stop touching my buttons. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So artists are um, artists are all known for not quite exactly following direction. That's why you're supposed to be artists. Like that's the whole point. Uh, but like you know, if if Mike was project managing this book and all that, there's a lot of times where there's a there's 18 or more like really uh, solid mindset people who want to go their own route. How was it like? blending how was it kind of giving up your you know holding of the conch to give to somebody else every now and again i i think it went pretty well um i i think that's kind of um i don't know artists are definitely independent and have their own visions but we're also very collaborative and there's definitely times where you know people have to come together to do a show I mean, a lot of the the mechanisms outside of the studio really rely on people gathering together and, and helping each other out, um, showing up for events. So there, that is sort of a maybe a less romantic vision of the artist. There's actually a lot of hard work that goes into all this stuff. Um, so you know, there's I don't know, maybe twenty to fifty percent of brooding in your studio, <laughs> and the rest is like hustling. So. It went very well. And, uh, you know, the, the project was very open, too. So um, there was a very general theme to it. But, uh, you know, it, we were very flexible with things. Um, there were certain deadlines that we wanted to hit, but um, we weren't really uh, editing people's work or anything like that. So it went pretty well. Yeah, I think the fact that we had each person could do whatever they wanted with their double page spread. So that freedom, I think, Helped help deal with our anti-establishment impulses, absolutely. <laughs> and also, if we were getting too many emails or a little stressed, our group would rickroll each other in emails. So that helped <laughs> lighten it up. You know, if things were getting serious, suddenly there'd be that link and Rick Astley singing to us. <laughs> 
Janice, how many emails before you give up on getting an artist to do what it is you want them to do? <laughs> um, they're not, they weren't that bad. I think, you know, um, sort of what Mike was saying, uh, so many of us have done like our own shows and, um, and you do so much work and either it's social media, promotions, uh, email blasts, um, just to promote. Um, if, you, if someone else does that for you, you are so appreciative. And, and if you feel like they're competent and they're, they're, they're good at it, you're like, oh yes, you know, that's, you know, that's the mother load. And so I think that's sort of the general, I mean, everyone loved Mike's design. Um, he did, he did like five or six covers and it was really hard for us to decide because they were so good. Um, so you're just so grateful that, you know, all these people are bringing these skills in, you know, Ward, who took so many of the photos. I mean, he's an amazing photographer and it's like, I can't take a, a, a photo of my painting the way Ward can. And it's just like, oh, thank you. And, and so it's, it's that level of gratitude that sort of, you know, uh, sort of circumvented all, all the kind of like backfighting you might expect, but there wasn't any of that. You could have done like Entertainment Weekly alternate covers. You yeah. Know. <laughs> Maybe on the next run. There is a Gasly cover too. I think sometimes there's a stereotype of artists being egotistical or kind of pretentious, but that's really not true. Most artists I know are pretty humble because they've been through a lot of struggle and had to work very hard. And I'm not really a fan of ego trips. And we really didn't have anyone who was on an ego trip in the group. Um, everyone was really humble and, and open to being together and, and, um, so that was lovely, I think, definitely. I had one last question. Do you ever, uh, through these processes, decide to swap media? Do you ever, like, does Janice look at something that's done in, like, you know, physical form and say, oh, I'm going to totally make a model right now? Or does, does that ever stretch around? Does anyone swap the medium just because of the experience? Oh, definitely. I, one of the... Um one of the projects a lot of us artists participated earlier in this earlier in well 2020 i guess was the um the, the usps the united states post office post service postal service blah, blah, um show where we collaborated with another artist and um and then submitted that work um and you know these these pieces traveled around but um i i did more sort of sculptural stuff but also included painting because uh, I was collaborating with uh, Ward Yoshimoto, who's very, very sculptural kind of pieces. So it, it's it's like fun to get out of your your medium. Um, but then after I was done, I went right back. So. <laughs> I think yeah, uh, the, artist, the artist Sima, who's in our group for her exhibition piece, she created a sculpture that included Amazon delivery boxes. And that definitely was because of the situation. She was like, I'm getting all these boxes. So nice. Yeah, I think I think certain artists definitely ended up swapping and changing things um, through this just but again, that adaptability helped everyone. So I ended up playing Jenga with the Amazon boxes in the garage. Like when I needed to ship something or I needed a box, I was like, the one of these is going to work. <laughs> if I can get it. <laughs> well, we are at this part of our show. Oh, and here's our person of the day. Kaboom! I don't know. It was a bit of a super quiet audience today. So you know who I'm going to give it to? I'm going to give it to newcomer Dean. Hey! hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that, that entitles you to one free apple, Dean. You just have to go down to the bodega, grab yourself an apple. Um, Carrie would probably make sure you wash it first. I don't Definitely. have such requirements. And bake it into a tart. <laughs> yep, that'd be nice. <laughs> All right. And now we're at a part of the show where we ask one question. We've asked every single guest. So everybody from Sir Mix-a-Lot to Sister Ann Flanagan to Mistress Harley has answered this question. What goes in your backpack? Now, this could be something physical, like an avocado. It could be something metaphorical, like hope for the future. Hey, Carrie, what's a good example of something physical someone could put in a backpack? Mm, a book you hate, because mm. eventually you'll read it if it's the only book you have, and you'll learn something from it. <laughs> whiskey Nate. A book will hate, and then she holds up 2020, 2021. <laughs> and then, you won't hate it. <laughs> and then what's uh, an example of something metaphorical someone could put in a backpack? What do you, Any ideas? Kindness, I think. Oh, that's probably a good one. Kindness is good. All right, let's start with Janice. What goes in that backpack for you? Oh, uh, well, physical art supplies. That's an easy one for me. And I, I think, you know, community. Oh, community is a goodie. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, what do you have for the backpack today? I think I would put in a pair of roller skates but that's symbolic it's symbolic because it reflects a lot of the things i need there they allow for creativity um fun a healthy lifestyle positivity adaptability also when you're skating you just feel a lot of gratitude um as you're falling and getting back up that's persistence resilience and then just a whole lot of love um, that you can bring to skating so love positive energy so and also they can help you escape if you need to so oh, I like it. <laughs> bad guy and you roll um what do you got mike what goes in the backpack um i think i'm gonna piggyback off janice and said bring my friends it would have to be a, a large metaphorical backpack, I suppose. Yeah. We're uh, small friends. <laughs> honey, 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 I shrunk my friends. <laughs> I yeah, think if you're showing me anything, it's like, you know, with, with the right people by you can get through just about anything. So that's true. Not that you asked me, says Dean, but I used to carry a picture of B. Arthur circa mod era in my backpack for many years till mysteriously it disappeared. I don't even know what to say to that, Dean. Dean, <laughs> Dean someone's true. roommate's a bitch. That's what I just learned. <laughs> is that yeah. Golden Golden Girls? Is that what Dean is into? Well, he's saying no, mod, mod era. Even Any further back. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not quite that fetish. It's like a little earlier than that. Yeah, uh, my grandmother used to watch the Golden Girls a lot, though, and she had a, she had a lot of opinions on how those women were or weren't because she was probably contemporary of them. And I'll tell you the one thing she said about Rue McClanahan that always stuck with me.